Well, have you got time for more? You're here, you know. You made the trip and might as well get the, get the whole thing. Go to 1 Corinthians 3, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We began a series a few weeks ago called The God of Increase. Anybody remember any of that? The God of Increase. Uh, I know we, uh, the church here in Sarasota joined us live for the uh, service in Richmond, Virginia. Was that a couple, yeah. week or two ago? Uh, if you did not join us for that, let me uh, encourage you about uh, going online and uh, watching. They're going to put it on the featured message for us, so it should be easy to find. But um, the title of it was, He Cares for Me. And we dealt with some of the things about, you know, current situations. Uh, the Lord said in Matthew 24, he said that there would be wars and rumors of wars. And he talks about other things. And he said, see to it that you're not troubled. Did you hear that? People will read some of these other things and go, oh, yeah, we're living in the in the end times, but they missed the main thing he told us to do, which was don't be upset. Don't be afraid. And you don't worry because you care. You worry because you fear. And fearing is not okay for the child of God. Fear is an absence of faith. The more fear and worry, the less faith there is. So no, it's not okay. So uh, let me encourage you, go and, and, and get that message and listen to it. Go through the scriptures with us. It'll encourage you. It'll, it'll bolster you up. Yes, it's good to pray. Pray for Israel. Pray for our uh, government and, and our leaders and their decisions. The Bible told us to pray that, that we might have peace and live a godly life and that the gospel would have free course. But what you don't do is sit around and worry about it. And part of that is you need to limit your, your news watching. I'm serious now. It's okay to watch a few minutes and see what's going on, but you know probably for the next four hours they're just going to loop the same thing. Is that right? And once you know, you know, but don't sit and let fear be put in you because then you become useless spiritually. If you're just in fear like the ungodly, then you can't help anybody. And somebody needs to be in faith around here. Is that right? Somebody needs to be praying, not just scared prayer, but prayers of faith. Is that okay? So the message is called, uh, He Cares for Me. And it's on the website there. You can, no, no charge for any of that, of course. Um, did you find 1 Corinthians 3? 1 Corinthians 3. Well, you're ahead of me. I was talking. 1 Corinthians 3 and uh, 6. He said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. He said it again in verse 7. So then neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters. Doesn't mean they're not needed or important. It's just the planter didn't give the increase. Important, but 
didn't make it increase and the waterer didn't give the increase. God gave the increase. God is the God of increase. Hmm? Not the God of decrease. Not the God of staying the same. They tell us that the, the, the universe is still expanding. We have no idea how big it is already. What kind of God can do something like that? Well, he's your father. Right? Well, if he can do that, if he can create stars and gravity and solar systems and galaxies and oceans, mountain ranges and plant life and animal life and human beings, he can help you with your electric bill. Huh? Your your payment, rent payment, or house payment, or car payoff, or you know what you need for your kids for school or whatever. Uh, people sometimes tend to try to make God small, like they think, but he's not. I said he's not. He's big. I said he's big. He is so big. And he is the God of increase. Somebody say he is the God God. of increase. So let's pray together for the next part of this. Father, all of us agree together to hear your word. And we say, Lord, open our eyes and our ears and hearts and minds and illuminate us to see who you really are, what you really are, how big you are, how great you are, what your will is, what your plan is. We ask for it in Jesus' name, for the utterance, the anointing, and the ears and heart to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. He's a big God, and he's the God of increase. So what is his will? Increase. Psalm 115, verse 12, 115, 12 says, The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Well, that's everybody that reverences and respects God. He said, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. That's why we say that pretty much every every offering. Say it out loud. The Lord Lord shall shall increase me me more and more. Me and my children. He said, you are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Thank you, Lord. Now, you'll find that this is one of the most challenged and opposed truths in the Word of God. I I suppose uh, Phyllis and I and, and this church and ministry, we have been persecuted and attacked more about this than any other thing. What do you mean? That God is a good God. People say that, but they don't really believe it. That God is a good God. He's a big God. And he wants to increase you. He wants you to have something. 
He wants your needs to be met. He wants you to have plenty. Even wants you to be rich. That's where you lose a lot of people. Right, right there. At that. Rich. It's a four letter word. But it's a Bible word. I said it's a Bible word. Now if God is pleased with poverty. If that pleases him. Then let's, let's quit playing with it. And get poor. Seriously poor. If that's what pleases God. I'm not, I'm not mocking. I'm saying use your head here now. If, if, if it pleases God for you to be broke, well, let's don't fight his will. You'll hear people say, well, it might be God's will for you to be sick. You just don't know. Well, then you shouldn't dare go to the doctor. Right. Try to get rid of it. Because then you're trying to get out of the will of God. It either is or it isn't his will. It either pleases him or it doesn't. And see, the enemy has sown all these seeds of confusion. Hmm? Notice with me, go to Isaiah. Go to Isaiah. Thank you, Lord. The fifth chapter and the 20th verse. Isaiah 5 and 20. Woe unto them that call evil good. And good evil. That put darkness for light. And light for darkness. And put bitter for sweet. And sweet for bitter. He goes on to say. Woe to them. That are wise in their own eyes. And prudent in their own sight. See people have. You know they've gone to school. And got educated beyond their intelligence. You know, getting a degree is not all that matters. What were you taught? Were they right? I don't care how many books they wrote. There's a lot of books that are full of untruth. They're just full of error. And any time you come across a book, I don't care how beautiful the cover is or how many initials is the end of the person's name, you should think, well, how is their life, the person that wrote this book? What kind of life do they have? Okay, they're advocating this. or They're, they're talking about the family. What kind of family do they have? They're talking about a marriage. What kind of marriage do they have? No, truth lasts forever. Doesn't change. Through every generation, every time, every culture. But the enemy is always, he is the perverter. He is the twister. In fact, that's what wicked means. Wicked means twisted. And can you see, it is calling good evil and evil good. I mean, just take the common uh, phraseology, or or I shouldn't say common, the um, modern secular uh, colloquialisms and phrases. Not too long back, it became popular to call something that was uh, neat bad. Oh, that's bad. You mean it's good? Yeah. (laughs) Man, it was wicked nice. Wicked nice. Really? 
dismissive, well, you know, it's just, it's just sayings. No, that's where the devil gets people. They think it doesn't matter. And so he's got it in your mouth. And whether you believe in the power of words or not, he does. And he's legalistic. And if he can get it in your mouth, it gives him a right to do things in your life. It matters what we say and what we call things. Hmm? How about filthy rich? Filthy, filthy rich. Filthy rich. Well, is rich nasty? Is God rich? See, that don't work, does it? Is God rich? Little bit? Way rich. Lot rich. Big. Big rich. In, In heaven, in glory... They don't use asphalt. <laughs> they use gold for paving material. And the gold is so pure, it's not just a, a dull yellow color, it's translucent. It's so pure. And use pearl for gates and jewels for foundations and and walls. God likes shiny stuff. <laughs> Pretty stuff. <laughs> and yet he tells us, be ye imitators of God as dear children. So if I put some big rubies on top of my driveway. <laughs> boy, be talked about. Wouldn't I mean, you talk about how to make the paper here. <laughs> Just put a silver curb down my driveway. We're not even going for the gold, just just silver curb. Oh, man. Would it be talked about? Would it be ridiculed? And oh, oh. Got to be a crook. Got to be a crook. And the thing is, there are crooks, people that lie and steal in every profession. That you want to mention, including preachers, doctors, lawyers, you name it. But that doesn't mean that everybody in that group is. And it's not what you have that's the big deal. How did you get it? That's the thing. How did you get it? Of course, if you lied. Of course, if you stole. That's wrong. That's bad. That's completely ungodly. God didn't have anything to do with that. But... In, in being like God, you got to open up your mind to the truth that he is rich beyond description and big, big, vast. I mean, more bananas fall off the trees in the jungle than the monkeys will ever eat. Is that right? There are more fish in the ocean. Right? Oh, he's a big God. Somebody say he's a big God. He's a big, he's a big God. And he is a rich God. Oh, somebody say rich. He's a rich God. And so he said, don't, don't call, uh, good evil. Don't call evil good. Let's, uh, let's watch our, our mouth. Let's watch our words. 
You know, the Bible uses the term filthy lucre. But what that means, if you read it, it is obtaining money by questionable or underhanded means. And that's, that's what we talked about. It's how you get it. If you're lying, if you're stealing, that's, that's the thing that's bad. That's the thing that's wrong. But when God made the gold in the book of Genesis, he told them right after you know, the beginning of creation, he said, there's gold over there and the gold is good. Good. He calls it good. He calls the uh, benefits and the, and the blessings of material and monetary things, he calls it good. Y'all are quiet. Psalm 35, go there please. Psalm 35, 26. Now one reason I'm going over, and I know some of you have been here in the church for a while, you, you've heard some of these things, you're not opposed to these things, but I assure you, you don't know it as well as you can. And the enemy is continually trying to weave some kind of thing in, even if you won't accept that God wants you just in poverty, maybe where we are is good enough. But he's the God of increase. He's the God of more. And yes, you're, you're not supposed to be covetous thinking I can't live until I get that house or I get that car. That's wrong. But at the same time, you can have a vision for going further and reaching more and doing more, realizing how temporary everything down here is. And uh, you know, the greatest car in the world is not going to turn you into a better person. The biggest, nicest house in the world is not going to make you a better person. Because you don't just live out here. You don't just live in a county, in a city, in a state, in a house. You live in here. You live in here. And if you don't have peace in here, you don't have joy in here. It will, you could be in the most beautiful place in the world and be suicidal. So you find your joy, you find your peace, you find your life in him, not in things. But things are a tool to do a lot of things in this world and to help a lot of people. Psalm 35 verse 26. Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at my hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. But let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Does God take pleasure in our lack, in our need? Like we said before, if he does, then uh, let's quit playing with it and get poor. But how does me being broke help you? Really, how does you being broke help me? And if I can't, my needs are not covered. How can I help you? Can you see this? But the enemy has convinced 
millions. Now, they don't practice what they preach, but they'll believe it in church. That, oh, yeah, you don't want any of this old world's goods. There's even songs, you know, and verses. I don't want any of this old world's goods. Well, I do. Give me yours. I know what to do with it. <laughs> it's not money's not the problem. It's the love of money. That's the problem. And you can love money and not have any of it. Well, if that's true, then you could have a lot of it and not love it. So we need to focus on what the issue is. Not let the enemy say, who wants the church broke? I mean, these are nice buildings. This is nice acreage. Nice lighting. Air-conditioned comfort. Good sound system. Huh? Money. Money. What if we're out here on the curb today going, we'd like to have church. But we don't have a place. I told you recently I was in another country and ministering to some ministers there. And uh, the Lord was using how he had blessed us as an encouragement to them. And a couple of them pulled me off to the side and they said, is it true you have your own church buildings? I said, yeah. They said, and they're paid for? You own them? I said, yeah. The Lord did it for us. I could see the look in their eye. They're like, us too. Us too. I said, absolutely right. He'll do it for you. But if you preach against having anything and you mock anybody that does and judge anybody that does, you won't have it. You will limit yourself. You'll lock yourself out of it. No. You know, Phyllis and I didn't need uh, this building, just for us two to have church. That's right. right? If I said, well, you know, if Phyllis and I, if we have what we need, that's all that matters. Well, what about you? Right? No, and, and you've got to think the same way. You've got to get bigger vision than me and mine. Is that okay? Say it out loud. My God. He's a big God. He's the God of increase. And he takes pleasure in my prosperity. Is that so hard to understand? Any parents, we're talking about being parents today. Any parents in the room, is that hard to understand? That he could take pleasure in his child doing well? No, that's not hard to understand. As a parent that loves your child, it grieves you when they're in lack and when they're hurting and they're not doing right, not doing well and not well off. You want them prospering. You want them to have everything they need and a bunch of things they just like. Are you better than God? You love them more than God? No, see, the devil has lied to the church. That somehow or another, there's, you know, holiness in, in poverty. No, uh, poverty goes along with filth and disease 
and, and lack of opportunity and lack of safety and lack of security. And the list goes on and on and on. Go with me, if you would, to the account. We studied it earlier about the rich young ruler. But I want you to notice another, another part of this. Mark, the 10th chapter. Are y'all okay? He's a big God. Hmm? If you say, God, I'd, I'd like to have this half million dollar house. Does he go, how much? <laughs> what, how much? Are you kidding? What would a billion dollars be to God? He creates stars. What would a trillion be to him? I mean... Instead of that, if you're really talking to him, a lot of times he's going to say, is that all? <laughs> you know, like he was saying to me about this thing with this, this plane stuff, uh, he had to work on me for a while. And he said, step up. Step up. I thought, well, you know, we're, we're doing pretty good with, with what we, step up. Because see, it's, it's more comfortable to stay where you are. Because then you got to stretch. But, have anybody taken a step where you stretched and then you were glad you did? Yes. Right? Because now you have more, you can do more, you can reach more, you can be more. Mark 10, 23. Uh, when the rich young ruler came and said, what can I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him and he decided not to do it. Left sad. Left sorrowing. One of the reasons why he was so sad, he's missing God. He's missing God big time and his heart's grieving him. God did not ask him to take a vow of poverty. And we know from the rest of what he said here in the same chapter, he would, he would have reaped a hundredfold. Now in this time, that's what he told them. But he wanted him to get his faith out of his money and stuff and his faith in God. He, he looked around about and said, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. Now that word could also be translated stupefied. It's a real strong word. They were what? Astonished. At what? At what Jesus said about people with riches being hard for them to enter into the kingdom of God. They thought, what? And so Jesus um, answered again and clarified it a little bit. He said, children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches? It wasn't just the riches. It was trusting in it. That was his security. To enter into the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Why? Because of trusting in the riches. That's your savior. That's your safety. That's your protection. That's your source of your happiness. And then verse 26, after he said that, what did it say? They were astonished 
out of measure. It, they went further with the astonishment. They said, well, who in the world can be saved? Will anybody be saved? Now, why am I reading this to you? Because it absolutely shocked them to the core to hear that rich people might not make it in. Why? Because all descendants of Abraham, is that right? All descendants of Abraham and everybody that ever heard the law knew poverty is a curse and rich is blessing. Is that right? And so to them, rich is an indicator you're doing good. You're probably going in. Right? That's the blessing of God. Rich is good. Poor is bad. I don't mean if you're rich, you're good. Or if you're poor, you're bad. I didn't say that. Rich, uh, plenty, abundance is good. In every country. In every culture. Hmm? Not having enough. Lack. Coming up short, deficiency is bad. Not a blessing in disguise. No, it's not. It's part of the curse. That's Otherwise, why would they be astonished? I mean, if some of them had grown up with the um, traditional beliefs of today, they wouldn't have been shocked at all. They'd have been, yeah, them rich people ain't making it. Filthy rich. Uh-uh. They, nope. That's right. Better stay away from them old nasty riches. Mm, take you right to hell. But not them. Why? Because they had been taught Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They've been taught God made Abram rich, gave him and Lot so many cows, they didn't have enough pasture to keep them. Is that right? God made David rich. Big rich. God made Solomon richer than anybody on the planet. Is that right? God wanted his tabernacle made out of gold and jewels. He wanted his temple made out of walls with silver and everything made out of gold. And so that's why they were like, huh? What? What's wrong with rich? (laughs) But it wasn't rich that was the problem. It's what? Trusting, trusting in the riches. Go back with me to uh, Leviticus, the 26th chapter. Leviticus 26, 1. Now, there are two main chapters uh, in the word that describe the curse and blessing of keeping God's words and law versus not keeping it. Uh, Deuteronomy 28 is one of them. And people are more familiar with that. But actually, you saw it first in Leviticus 26. So I'm going to read this account. Folks may not be as familiar with this. But Leviticus 1, 26.1. You shall make no idols, nor graven image, neither rear you up any standing image, nor set up any image of stone in your land to bow down to it. I am the Lord your God. Is this still right? Yes, sir. Don't pray in front of pictures. Don't pray in front of statues. Period. 
Don't do it. Verse 2, you shall keep my Sabbaths and reference my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Keep going. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, I'll give you rain in due season. Is this still true today? The land shall yield or increase. 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 And the trees of the field will yield their fruit. Somebody say thank you Lord. And your threshing shall reach. Now if you look up the words translated prospering. That's what they. That's what some of them mean. The actual word reach. Uh, Lack means it doesn't reach. And abundance and even prosperity and that kind of thing, it means to succeed in reaching. You know, a lot of people's pay, their check doesn't reach. Huh? They They don't make it, their money doesn't make it to the next pay time, next pay period. People talk about living check to check. Well, a lot of times they don't make it to the next check. They run out before they get to the That's not blessing. That's lack. But to succeed in reaching means you had enough and plenty. And when you have extra left over, well, that's more than enough. Succeed in reaching plus. Sir plus. (laughs) Y'all okay? Your threshing will reach to the vintage, and the vintage will reach to the sowing time. And you will eat your bread to the full, and dwell in your land safely. Is this the will of God? But now this is based on you listening to him. Right? Doing what he tells. Is this still true? Now we don't keep the law to be righteous or to be saved. But is it still important that you seek God and you listen to him. And you do what he tells you to do. It's important to be led by the spirit. Heed his word. Then he said you'll, you'll eat your bread to the full. You'll dwell in your land safely. Verse 10. Verse 10. All of this is good but we won't take the time for all of it. You will eat old store. And bring forth the old because of the new. That's not running out. That's you have so much left when the next harvest comes in. You have to vacate your your barn or your silo. Not that it's bad stuff. It's just last year's stuff. Huh? Good stuff. You just don't have room to put it all. Does that sound familiar to anybody? That's Malachi. Right? Don't have room to put it all. Has God changed since then? He never changes. Would it please God to you to have so many new clothes coming in that you need to take last year's clothes out of your closet because you don't have room. You got to take last year's car out of the garage because you don't have room. Oh, come on. Anybody going to help me preach this or not? Huh? Somebody say, then what? You give. You give. You sow. You bless. Not only are you blessed, you bless other people. 
Hallelujah. Somebody else has got a new car. Somebody else got clothes new to them. Maybe some of those clothes still had the tags on them. Is that God's will? Or will it somehow please God more that your stuff is threadbare? Huh? And you're having to throw it away because it's not fit to wear anymore. And you just are, you know, you're tired. Yeah, but is that somehow developing piety in you? Whatever that is. <laughs> there are people who use words that don't even know what they mean. And they're, they're like, hmm. No, God does not use things that are a result of disobedience to bless people who have been obedient. He don't use the results of people that reject him and run away from him to favor, if you will, those who do. That would create confusion. Are y'all okay or not? Your, your threshing will reach to the vintage. Your vintage will reach to the sowing time. You'll eat your bread to the full. Does it sound good? You'll dwell in your land safely. You'll eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. Verse 12, I'll walk among you. I'll be your God. You'll be my people. That's New Testament. That's 2 Corinthians 6. He never changes. His will doesn't change. His ways don't change. What he said was good is good. What he said was bad is bad. And don't call what he said good bad. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Things like this is why they were astonished out of measure. Because they associated rich with blessed. And that's right. But the problem is you can't put your faith in your stuff. You can't put your faith in your money. Because it can, it can go away so quick. But no matter what comes and goes financially and materially, God's always here. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Can you say amen? Amen. He will never let you down. Galatians 3, I won't take time to read the rest of these, but go, go through Leviticus 26 sometimes. Read it carefully, just one chapter. And then go to Deuteronomy 28 and read that together. And you'll see the overlap. And you'll see God's will. Let's see. I, no, I moved too quick. I moved too quick. Um, go to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. This is what uh, Psalm 125. Psalm 125. The enemy is the twister. He is the, the, the wicked twister turning it inside out, upside down. He wants you to believe that good is bad and that bad is good. And there are numerous reasons why he wants to do that. And he has been far too successful at it. And the more ignorant you are of the word, the easier you are to fool. Which is why everybody in Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. That's what I thought. Psalm 125... Verse 1, 
They that trust in the Lord. Somebody say, that's me. They will be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides forever. As the mountains are round about Jerusalem, so the Lord's round about his people from henceforth even forever. For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous. Now, a lot of modern translations changed that to scepter. But that's, that's not what he said. And if you look up the word that's translated in other places, for instance, in Proverbs, many places it talks about the rod of punishment and the rod of correction. Same word. The rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous. Why? Lest the righteous put forth their hands unto iniquity. Do good, O Lord, to who? Those that be good. And to them that are upright in their hearts. For, as, for such as turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead them forth with the workers of iniquity. But peace will be upon Israel. Good word for today, huh? Yes. Uh, does the Lord bless the wicked? No. Does he curse the righteous? No. Well, the, the rod of the wicked, the punishment for wickedness will not rest on the righteous. Why? Lest they put forth their hands to iniquity. If you decide, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to serve God. I'm going I'm to give him my all. And then you find out he wants you to live in devastating poverty. That's your reward for serving him. <laughs> and he, he's going to make you sick. So you can show fortitude whatever that is, <laughs> through this debilitating disease that we don't understand why, but that God put it on you. And, and the devil has actually convinced people, oh, you don't want to go too far serving God. Because, oh, it'll get bad. Whew. You go all out serving God, your fun is over. It's a lie. I said it's a lie. Now, you must be willing to sacrifice. This is true. You must be willing to sacrifice anything. But disease is not of God. Poverty is not of God. Even death itself is not of God. The Bible says death is the last enemy. Enemy. Death and destruction and decay. Putrefaction. Curse. None of that was God's original plan and purpose. That's the result of sin. Sin. So you don't say that the results and repercussions and fruit of sin are somehow God's will and blessing to those that obey him. That's why he says the rod of the wicked shall not rest on the lot of the, or the portion of the righteous lest the righteous put forth their hands to iniquity. If you say, I'm serving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says, well, here, have cancer and be broke. Then what's the next thought? Well, yeah, why? why? Why go through the effort of that? I mean, what's, what's, the, what's the benefit? What's the purpose? Well, you just got to know that God's got, got a purpose in it. No, that's not the Bible. That's not the word of God. 
God is a good God. Huh? Poverty's bad. Every country. Every time zone. <laughs> is that right? Every culture. Not having enough is not good. No, it's not. No. More than enough? Good. Is that right? Not only is your things taken care of, you can help somebody else. Good. Abundance. Go, oh, somebody said out loud, abundance is good. More than enough is good. God is good. What kind of God is he? Is he the God of more than enough? Is he a God? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over? Is he? He's not the God of running out. He's the God of running over. Now you'll find the enemy will fight you on this every day of your life. I wish I could tell you differently. But as long as you're down here in this dark, curse-filled, death-filled place where the enemy has so much influence, he will fight you on this. If nothing else, just to get you to back off and be passive and not try to believe for anything, even if you won't just accept maybe that you're supposed to be broke. You'll have to resist the ungodly thinking, not only that's in the world, that's in the church. You'll have to resist it on a daily basis, and you'll have to remind yourself, and you need to come and let me preach to you some more. Huh? That God is a good God. He's a big God. Is that right? And more than enough is His will. Abundance is always His plan. Always His will. Running out, lack, need, not enough, that's not being blessed. What did the proverb say? The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. It makes you poor. Huh? I read that wrong, didn't I? <laughs> In some cases, right? Put it up, Proverbs 10, 22. Put it up on the screen. The blessing of the Lord. Huh? Sometimes is in disguise as a curse. Right? I know it feels like a curse, but it's really a blessing. You just don't know. See, he talked about the ones that call good evil and evil good are those that were wise in their own eyes. They think they're smart. They think they figured out that it's more, it's more complicated. It's more convoluted, you know. Sometimes it's the enemy. Sometimes it's God. Sometimes it's God through the enemy. Sometimes the enemy is imitating God and you can't really know. And boy, it gets confusing. Yeah, if you don't listen to the Bible. But it is really quite simple. One of these little ones that we prayed over earlier could get it. God is a good God. He does good things. The devil is a bad devil. He does bad things. And they never swap jobs. Never. Never. And if they're working together, we can hang it up. We might as well give up now. No, no. The enemy is the enemy. He is the enemy. Thank God he's going to be removed from every, every contact here soon. But till then, you and I must resist. But didn't the Bible say resist the devil and he will flee from you? And you don't wait till you see somebody in a red outfit with horns and a pitchfork. 
thoughts and feelings will come to you. You may not have enough. In this economy, in these, these times, you may not be able to do it. You may not be able to have it. You may lose that. You may not get that. You may not get that back. All subtle suggestions and feelings that, even though it's not said, that it might not be God's plan right now. Might not be God's will to go over big and have more than enough right now. It is always. Come on, help me out. It is always God's will for you to have all you need and more than enough. Increase, not decrease, not stay in the same. Increase is always God's plan, purpose, will, and it pleases him. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And is he able to do it, church? Can he, can he do it? Can he, he is well able. It is so easy for him to do it. Stand on your feet and Say, thank you, Lord. The blessing.